Oh, and I should specify a natural one is two failed saving throws. Which, if Dan already got one, this could this could be the end. This could kill him. It's over before it even for, began for you. Down to the dice, baby. Hey! Oh! <laughs> We're gonna set it off. Time to step inside. Where everything comes down to the dice. A table of friends in a DM. In a radical, magical fantasy land. In a radical, magical fantasy land. Welcome to Down we're to the back. Dice. The, yeah, yeah. the live play DD podcast where everything that happens is up to the players and down to the dice. Alright, so before we begin, I'll just give quick introductions. My name's Adam. I'll be your host and DM for this evening. I'll go clockwise on my Discord stream. We got Dan Summer who's playing Conroy Kane. Hey yo, what's up? Actually, you know what, Dan? Sorry to make you interrupt, but I'm gonna say we have Dan Summer, and then you can say, Hey, I play this character. Okay. And hopefully this stays in the episode so it sounds people know that we're real. Okay, we have Dan Summer. Hey, yeah, I play Conroy Kane. Sexy. Okay, we have Oleg Anderson. Hey, I play Avon. No last name. Dark elves don't have those. Uh, okay, we have Ryan Tunney. Tunney on the money. Hey, I play your lovable orc, Gorin, which is the last name is still pending, so more on that to come. Gorin's still <laughs> pending. I like it. Yeah. Well, nice middle name okay. Too. Still pending. <laughs> I'm Gorin still is. pending. And I, you know what? This has a ring to it. And then we have Jacob Joseph. How's it going, everyone? I play Frondagoni, uh, tiefling druid. Okay, so before we get into it, we just have a couple quick announcements. Ryan, take it away. Definitely. So we just want to let you know that we do have some prologues available on our Patreon. Um, they are not required listening at all, but they do add some pretty sweet backstory to each of our characters before they all meet in episode one. You can find the link to our Patreon in the doobly-doo down below. Um, if you like our show and want to see more of us, we each have socials all listed in the doobly-doo down below. Some of us are on TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, the list goes on, so feel free, please check us down there. And MySpace. Um, Did you say MySpace? If we, MySpace was here, I mean, we could even invade the metaverse and see what happens there but uh yeah this show is also currently using playtest material for DD's newest edition temporarily named one DD. as much revisions are coming out at the time including revisions of the rules and what our characters can do things like that might randomly change between episodes we'll do our best to relay all these changes and we come across as we come across them ah sorry just blame it on me. I probably gave you bad notes. <laughs> That's okay. Smooth as <laughs> I think we got the message across. Amen, brother. I'm confused. Nice. We don't have a cleric. Do you know what? If you're confused, all you have to do is reach out to us on Reddit or on our Instagram, leave a post. And you know what? The best way probably would be to subscribe to whatever podcast platform mm. you're listening on because then we're more likely to take you seriously. Never. I'm a Spotify guy a myself. <laughs> Um, or just send us. Are you guys mail. ready to begin? I don't know yet, but let's just do it. I mean, has okay, anyone else so been I, gearing up for this all week? Like I just I was cannot thinking about wait, it all guys. day today. Okay, I'm getting into my uh, DM Zen. Previously on the show, our adventurers found themselves guarding the Nightground estate and family during a grand inauguration ceremony. They focused on protecting Istrabel Nightgrounds, the guest of honor and daughter of the host of Futessa Nightgrounds. However, a shocking twist occurred when a mysterious archer appeared out of nowhere and targeted her brother Beethoven Nightgrounds instead. Tipped off by an illusionary rope, Conroy Kane, an Ardling rogue, swiftly dealt with the assailant. Meanwhile, Shron Dagani, the group's tiefling druid getaway driver, spotted an intruding skyjet and engaged in a high-speed chase above the city, trying to intercept. However, despite Shron's efforts, the invading vessel persisted. And yet, Gorin, the group's stalwart paladin orc, destroyed the vessel with his sheer might, causing the ship's engine, a radiating blue sphere of floatium ore, to soar into the sky like a rocket. Meanwhile, Avon, the dark elf ranger overseeing the whole mission, suffered a severe injury while protecting Istrabel and Futescent. Desperation then gripped the group as they struggled to save Beethoven's life. Their best efforts fell short, but a mysterious stranger arrived in the nick of time, healing Beethoven and bringing him back from the brink of death. 
The episode concluded with a stunning revelation. An encounter with Emery Nightgrounds, Futessen's estranged half-brother, Istrabel and Beethoven's uncle, and Goran's arch-nemesis. Goran, Shran, Conroy, and Avon, what happens next is up to you and down to the dice. So, you guys can smell broken splintered wood, dust, grass torn up. You are on maybe a 10 foot tall dais with circular stairs going down towards a courtyard where scattered chairs are. Members of nobility were recently there, but they have run, scattering. They're terrified because two ships just flew through. One nobleman ran up to try to help you guys, but he actually stabbed you, Avon, because he uh, <laughs> seems to be part of the this coup, but he did not survive your lethal blow and yours either, Conroy, as you shot him with a black bow. Mm. And after that, he died, but Beethoven lay with an arrow protruding from his chest. Istrabel runs over, collapses on his chest and hoping that he can be alive. Goran, using laying on of hands, a moment too late, tries uh. to resuscitate him. Tron lands his ship. It actually skids down the stairs and lands on the ground. He gets off. He tries to use his medicine kit but it's not quite enough because the episode needed a sick cliffhanger and then every night ground shows up and he seems to have a spell powerful enough to stop Beethoven from passing into the next life there you are there's a moment of precarious silence while everyone looks at Beethoven's body and his chest slowly fills with air and he breathes. He doesn't wake up. Mm. He's unconscious. Istrabel bursts into tears afresh, but these are a different kind. She, her head collapses on Beethoven's chest. Conroy, you said at the end of the last episode you were making your way down. I will allow you burst through the room, but before you do, give me a perception check to notice, just to see what you notice oh. on your way down the stairs. First row, baby. You got a Connie. Yeah. Let's go. Dirty 20. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. That uh, dirty 20. It's a natural dirty 20. As you're running down, you notice that in the floor of the second story, there is a massive hole in the floor and dust and drywall has all been broken up. In fact, there's another hole in the back wall. You can actually see daylight coming down maybe 30, 40 feet and towards the back of the manor. It looks like a rocket or something has blasted through the second floor into the wall and outside through the back of the building. Um, and you would have definitely heard this crash with a dirty 20. I'll even say, you know, it's the floatium that broke out of the ship that Shran and Goran managed to bring down. But the floatium still having that energy and no longer weighed down by that ship shot forward and shot into the sky. Um, but you notice that the damage to the night grounds house is significant. As you make your way down, you burst through the main entrance of the house. You are now on that dais. You see Goran's massive body along with everyone else huddled over Beethoven <laughs> body. Everybody, what do you do? Not everybody's huddled over Beethoven's body. I mean, <laughs> you're still pretty banged up. No, so, somebody's trying to keep himself from not dying here on the side of, you know, mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no one cares. Anyway, is looking at the um, level NPC here, you know. <laughs> Do you know what? I will say this. Almost immediately, Avon, you feel strong hands reach down from behind and pull you to your feet, even mm. though it hurts. Ugh, that pain of that knife wound in your ribs, and you look over and Futescent Nightgrounds, he reaches down into your pocket and he grabs a handful of your good berries and he says, didn't think I didn't see this. And he and he, and he gives them to you. He pushes, puts them in your hand and says, eat these now. You don't, you don't look good. And he, he crams them in his face and just eats them. How many do you eat? Uh, I'll eat the remaining nine. Okay. Whoa, you regain nine hit points. Yeah. And you are like, oh, I'm so full. I, I don't need to eat for a week. It's like that moment when you're having sushi and you're like so full, but you finally finish off the last piece. And then the order that you forgot about arrives at the table yeah. and there's like five more plates. You're like, We've all been yeah. there. And so, yeah, roll for so, constitution. Even you're on your feet. I don't know how much health you have, but I think you're almost topped up. Almost. Yeah. Is oh, okay. DM, uh, before yeah. the last episode ended, you said there was a big cloud of smoke from the dust and the debris of this skyjet crash landing. How obscure is everything? Can we see Conroy coming out of the front entrance? Can we all see Futescent healing Avon? Yeah. So that cloud of smoke is at the base of the stairs ahead of you. And those stairs, maybe like 10 circular stairs that go down to like a courtyard where carriages would come up 
allowed to bring guests into the building. Behind you is the main entrance of the house where the diet, where the pulpit was. Um, and the massive hole in the window is also behind you now as you're all on the main entrance dais. You're basically on the front porch of this mansion. Okay. Okay. Uh, I look down at Beethoven and I say, hey, hey, Earth to Beethoven, you're with us, mate. He is unconscious. He is alive and stabilized, but he he is. But even as he breathes, he goes. <laughs> I look up and I say, my med kit saved him. I did it. I'm just kidding. All right, sir, thank goodness you got here in time. Shondagani, put it he, there. He reaches out and he has slightly pale skin, not like he's undead or anything, but just like someone who's like very studious, never goes outside. And uh, but human. Oh, no, sorry. Half elf. And he okay. reaches out and he shakes your hand with a nice strong grip as he stands up ugh, and he he seems to wince at like a pain in his back. And he says, Emery Nightgrounds, nice to meet you. And Sir. then he looks up at the building and he says, what, what caused that? Sir, I'm afraid you still might be in danger. We don't know who else is coming after you right now. Uh, you test it. Isabel, we got to get inside. Actually, you know, I, I turn and I look at Avid and I say, I'll take a thought. Do we need to drive out of here? Uh, I look at I look at Futessa and, I, and I'm like, do you want to leave or are we going inside or to go and try and get some direction from the homeowner? OK, Futessant, he once he's convinced Avon that you're OK, he looks up at the sky and then he looks at you all and he says, the fluidum that went out of here is our biggest clue to who did this. We need to retrieve it. And it's shooting away from the Skyland right now. Uh, Whose ship is that? And he points to the one at the base of the stairs. Even though my heart is pumping, DM, and Sean Dagani, I'm sure, is sweating, he pauses for a second. He just can't help but indulge himself and says, you like that, mate. That's a big daddy getaway. <laughs> um, yeah, and he says, he says, is it fast? Can it go high? Of course, mate. Well, then go. We need to track it down. Heard me. How much are we getting paid for this, DM? How much am I getting paid when I when I first met Gorn? What was the agreement? Gorn never told you, but Gorn would know that you're you're each getting paid ten gold pieces for this. Okay. How significant is ten gold pieces? <laughs> a gold is like enough to give you room and board for a week. So you got like ten weeks. This is like two and a half months wages. That's not are, bad. Are you really gonna try and renegotiate in the middle of the middle of the? Uh, no, no, I, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> I'm just saying. I okay. Is this is Futescent? Telling yes, you this? yes, yes, yes. Not, yes, not yeah. this Emery guy. No, in fact, Emery, he takes a moment and he says, looks like we're in good hands, though. And he looks over at each of you in turn. And he ends with you, Gorn. And he says, especially you, you look like you could keep us safe. I would definitely do my best. I think enough oh, talk out here. We should get our, we should get the injured inside. Yes, don't let the girl get injured. Bring her inside. Istra, Ivan, get you, her. Shran, you say that, <clears throat> but you look to where Istra was. Let's go. And, and she's not there. She's it's just not there. bounding. It's just not there. She's bounding down the stairs. And as you look down, she is vaulting into your ship. Okay, I and she is beginning it. to boop, 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 and she's having a hard time getting it to. But you see the ship begin to, and she says, I, "I'm finding that floatium. I said, killed Muzzy, my brother. Get We're almost in. Go. It's gonna pay." I, I oh, yell at your brother's not dead. He needs your help. I'm, I'm freaking out. Gord, throw me in there. Let's go. I, I, I book it. Do that sky jet. Uh, DM. Yep. Um, I kind of, uh, as this is all going on, I kind of uh, ask you, Tessin, and it's like, um, not that I know much about Flodium necessarily, but wouldn't we find more information by look, looking at the wreckage of the ship than the actual Flodium? And he takes a moment and his, you know, people who own companies, they love to talk shop. And even though the urgency of this moment, he pauses and he <laughs> says, actually, that's a very good point. But, you know, Flodium can be mined from many different sources and, and manufactured many different ways. In fact, there's telltale ways. In fact, if I, if I could get a, a chance to look at that Flodium, I'm pretty sure I can narrow down what vein and therefore what region of the scatter it was manufactured from. I mean, <laughs> it didn't look like the same color as ours. Ser serial numbers like on engines, right? You know, he looks at you and he says, no, no, the <laughs> hue, man. The hue. That's so funny. You get an eye for these things. So, um, DM, am Tron, I your abandoned? ship is beginning to take off. Um, it is now maybe like two steps beneath the top of the, of the uh, dice. Who is closer, me or Conroy? Uh, I'd say you and Conroy are side by side. I say, oh, because I thought Conroy was closer when Istra was chasing after the ship. Because mine's at the, oh, okay, I, I see, I see, I see. Uh, man, I really wish I had Thorn Whip. But I don't. <laughs> I go, oh boy. <laughs> I. Uh, 
I run. I I I try to jump. I try to jump onto my the big daddy getaway. Okay. Um, you run. I need a dexterity or acrobatics check from you as this ship quickly begins to rise. Oh, DM. Okay. Yeah. Are Emery and I like right beside everybody? Absolutely. You okay. Guys, you are both now standing, and you are at least a foot and a half taller than everyone else, including Emery. And Beethoven's small body is lying down in front of you. Is he like? Is he like huddled? Is he still huddled, kind of in front of Beethoven? No, he's like standing, maybe like three feet away from you. He's talking to you like totally calm, and. But is anyone like paying attention to us? No, I think everyone right now is looking at uh, Shran running on his towards the ship as this girl is hijacking the Skyjet. How far oh, is okay. the Skyjet from, instead of curiosity? So you have maybe 10 feet of dais <laughs> before the stairs start to go down. And this Skyjet is basically coming up the stairs, trying to get air. And it looks like it's getting airborne as it climbs the stairs. Shran, don't even think about what's happening to the paint job. God. Uh, well, I got a six DM, so I'm not happy. Okay, you get a six and you try to jump onto this thing, but she just <laughs> finally figures out how to activate the Floatium because you never locked it when you landed it. And you managed to just grab on with your fingertips, but you were hanging like this as the ship rises five feet into the air. What's your AC? Man, uh, my AC? Why yeah. is that important? <laughs> 13. Okay. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. As you hold on, you feel a stabbing pain in the back of your leg as a dagger lodges into your hamstring. Uh, and uh, it does all the damage. Oh, only three points of piercing damage as this uh, dagger is lodged into your hamstring. The ship continues to rise. You are now two stories up. Yes, Avon. Two stories up. That's too high then. Who stabbed uh, me? A a Avon runs up pulls out his whip and tries to like whip up and catch onto the ship with his whip. I will give you acrobatics check for this. Ooh, acrobatics, on, not man. try to hit? Uh, no, I'd say, no, acrobatics for this. Okay. Come on, Avon, let's go. <laughs> no. Critical fail. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, okay. This actually is perfect. This wow. is actually perfect. <laughs> Because as you go, you feel like your whip is unfurling just perfect, but you feel a hand reach into your point of view and grab your hand and pull it back. And you are looking into the angry, pale face of the person you just stabbed, who is now back on his feet. And what? he and he has one hand on your hand and he goes and he tries to grab for one of your swords in your belt. And I need everybody to roll initiative. Oh, oh no, let's go. Nice. Everybody, welcome to, to <laughs> everybody, welcome to Down to the Dice, where everything is up to the players and down to the dice. We welcome the first combat ever in the whole campaign. And I'm gonna actually I'm realizing now that I actually have to write down everyone's initiative orders. That's not that's not true. Well, I mean like <laughs> sorry, initiative order. Thanks, guys. Okay. So last episode wasn't good enough? <laughs> Okay, 25. Everybody, if you think it last last session's combat was good enough, comment down below. Okay, uh, so uh, 25 to 20. Not 20, DM. Natural 20. Okay, so that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, okay, Shron, hardest name to type. Okay, 20 uh, to me. 15. Avon also got a natural 20 this time. No way. Oh, wow. <laughs> Car wow, cars, right? Like okay. Okay, uh, 15 to 10. 10 to 5. Okay. We got Conroy. <laughs> What's wrong, Gora? So, Sean, Avon, Tide, Conroy, 10 to 5, 5 to 0. Gora, what'd you get? 4. Oh, Six, okay. Yeah. 4. Okay, and I'm going to say. Okay, but then. it's reverse order, so Gorn goes first. Yeah. Whoa, oh, spoiler. That's right. Okay. Got his back. Avon, you got it at 20. Uh, and Sean did too, but you, you're the one who's in the face of this guy. So, uh, what do you do? Uh, I want to grab my blade to make sure he doesn't, he's not able to pull it out. Nice. Okay. You, uh, with your free hand? With my free hand. Yeah. Okay. You grab it. Uh, and cause he's reaching for it. Can I pull like pull it out and try and hit him with it or no? I'll say I'll make it a, a strength contest. I'll say this. It's a strength contest. And if you win, you automatically hit. Okay. Okay. Uh, what did he get? Oh, um, that one. Good. Okay, oh, well, that's, nice. that's a fantastic because yes. I only got a nine. So. 
Man, I, whenever there's a 20, there's a nat one close behind. Oh, it always, <laughs> always how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Um, universe must be balanced. Okay, yeah. He he is quick, already quickly waning in strength. Um, you hit. Roll. Uh, what do you do? And then roll damage. Uh, so he's he's reaching for it. I grab it and I just sort of pull it out and use his arm to pull it closer to him and just slash at his chest, kind of thing. Okay. Roll damage. Uh, it is five damage slashing. Nice. Okay. Man. Uh, he is. Uh, he falls half to one knee before he brings himself back up, but he is grappling with you. Uh, not dead. Um, but he is looking. You. He. He is getting paler by the moment as he bleeds out. Um, okay, Sharon, you're up. You are now parallel with the third floor of this building as this ship continues to rise up. Real quick, out of the corner of my eye, not taking any time in the turn order, of course. Do I see Rocky <laughs> in the windows? Because I know I'm going up this. This. These windows here. Okay, you were hanging for your life on okay, this fine. sky. No, 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 no. Uh, on this sky jet, a dagger lodges itself into your leg, and you think, "Where's the crab?" Is he seeing over. this? <laughs> yeah, is the crab the one that threw this knife? Um, you know what? You know what? I will. I will. Uh, do I feel a weight on my leg? Like, is is someone grabbing onto my leg and and jabbing a dagger in, or did someone throw this dagger at me? Um, you don't feel any additional weight. Looks like it was thrown. Uh, okay, I wild shape into a squirrel. Oh! Using my left hand uh, as the part okay. of my body that stays the same, so that huh. the rest of my body rises up to the the rail of my skyjet, and I wow. would like to climb inside and insert like <laughs> producer insert like an adorable squirrel like sound in here. And uh, great. Okay, you. You you get that off. You you can't speak as a squirrel. You can't cast spells as a squirrel. But you are in squirrel form, and the knife falls the thirty or so feet. It clangs on the floor. You now you are now on this deck. Awesome! And immediately I uh, I take stock of my surroundings. I'm sure Istabel is driving. Give me a perception check. Oh, let's go, Istabel, baby. <sighs> Oh, nice. Uh, 13. Okay. Um, she is there at the helm. Well, I guess I should ask you, does your ship have like a helm at the front or is it more like a, like a, is like, is it more like a pod racer where you got like a helm at the front that you're sitting in or is it more like a traditional speedboat where you're at the rudder at the back? Uh, depending on how I feel that day, DM. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to say, well, it doesn't matter. Isabel is at the hell or at the wheel, whatever, and she is driving this thing with relative ease, and you can recognize immediately she has driven a skyjet or some kind of floatium-supported uh, vehicle before. Okay, I do not think I can go into wild shape and out of wild shape in the same turn, so I uh, scamper up to beside her, hoping that she has not seen me. Okay, uh, I'm going to roll a perception check here. You can roll stealth. Oh, With the stats of a squirrel? No, no elaborate hand gestures or chittering noises of Disney Disney quality. <laughs> Don't drop your okay, nuts. Okay, I'm just looking this up. <laughs> I got a nine. D and D. So my my stealth would be related to my dex, right? Okay, here we go. Eleven. Okay, you just beat it. She does not notice you right away. Yes. And uh, you feel like your stomach plunge into your bowels as as you as the ship continues to go higher and higher. Um, you're gonna crest the building and be 40 feet up in the air in your next turn. Um, wow, wow. Meanwhile, down on the surface, Conroy, you, what's your AC? 13. Oh boy. 13, okay. <laughs> he does oh. not confident. You feel a dagger what? Graze, <laughs> by, graze on your shoulder coming from above you. Um, and as you look up, the man that was destroyed by the sacred flame, he is looking down on you. His skin on his face is half melted away, but he's looking down at you with hatred in his eyes. And you can see that he's just in the body posture that says, I threw the dagger. And um, I'm going to roll damage. DM, can I ask a question even though it's not my turn? One sec. Three points of piercing damage. As uh, a dagger slashes across my chest, I fall unconscious. No! 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 I love being a DM. It's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> hey, Emery. Okay, Conroy. Conroy, 
falls down unconscious. Um, but he has just begun to bleed out. He is not in as bad straits as as Beethoven, for example. Um, that's that guy's turn. He is going to uh, not do anything else. Conroy, it is your turn. Death you must save. make a death saving throw for me. For everyone listening new to D&D, death saving throws are when you are making your final attempts to stay alive once you've reached zero hit points. You get three rolls, one per turn per round, and you roll a d20 flat, and if you get a 10, or no, if you get a nine or lower, that's a failed death saving throw, and if you get a 10 or higher, you succeed, and if you get three successes before you get three failures, you come back to consciousness with one hit point. And if you get a nat 20, you wake up with one hit point, regardless of how many saving throws you have. Conroy, what'd you roll? By the way, guys, this is the very first death saving throw of the campaign. Oh, yeah. So we're all a little nervous. <laughs> um, should we? Should I reveal what I rolled or keep it a secret until... Re- Oh, oh, I love that. Yes, I Man. love that. However, I will take this opportunity to say, Conroy, why don't you tell us a brief, just an image of a flashback that you see in this time? I would see a flashback of a battlefield filled with Whoa. various ardlings. Yeah, I'll, that's that's all I'll give right now. Wow. As you lie there. We have no idea. I don't even know. What'd you roll? Oh, okay, great. I'm I love nervous. it. I can tell. Gorin? I can send it to you, Adam, if you want. No, I must not know. Okay. Um, Gorin, you it's your turn. Me, Dan. It's my turn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. I have some questions first. Did I see this guy throw the knife, or the direction oh, yeah. it might have come? For okay. sure. Did he look undead? Give me a perception check. <clears throat> Nineteen. Nice. Nineteen. He does look undead, or at least familiar. He's got pale skin. Where's Where's Emery? Emery is right there with you. In fact, he is backing up, alarmed. Um, he's backing up. Me? He's backing up towards you, away from the attackers. Um, I am going to move, however close it is to him, um, and kind of like reach over and grab the front of his cloak and try and spin him around. So he's lifted and he's in front of me, oh, and I just okay. want to say. Oh, do I have to roll for this? Yeah, I want to roll for this to see if I actually hit first. Let's test it! Let's test it! That was a moment. That was awesome. So what do you, what should I just add strength or? Well, I, I didn't initiate this check, so you pick whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we'll do, like, no, no, we'll do a strength <laughs> contest, sure. Um, but I'll give, um, no, no, yeah, we'll do just a flat out strength contest. That's a not, another nine for me. That's a 16. Okay, yeah, you easily pick him up. And you can see his eyes are wide with fear even before you pick him up and then you hold him and I, he says, oh, what? Help me. I say to him, how soon we are to forget. Stop <laughs> this madness. <laughs> and you hear Futescent say, hey, Gorin, Gorin, put him down. I don't even pay attention. I say, leave the dead to sleep and stop this. And he, and he says, man, buddy, I'm telling you, these are not mine. Uh, I am I still on like the stairs? Uh, I'm gonna say you're right on the like you you just as if you just came up on top onto the top stair. You're like Is right on the top like dais. A railing he can? <laughs> uh, no, there's no railings here because it's kind of like the front entrance porch. Oh, okay. Um, Is anyone else getting like a Hulk and Loki vibe right now? <laughs> Very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If I could, I know I already did, so let me know if I can't. Can I do an insight check to see if I can get any truth out of this? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'll give you an insight check. Okay. Is, is this a contest against deception? Oh, 21. 21? Oh, wow. Um, he is hard to read. Oh, you... <laughs> oh, you're a tricky one. Oh, with, a, with a 21, you feel like you are... Like just tapping into like Solaris's insight himself. Um, and yet you're looking into this man's eyes. They're wide with fear. He he's looking to Futessen for protection. And you realize in some ways Futessen is still the older brother, even though this man is a half elf. Um, mm. And you you you're not sure. I am just as Gorn. He is just holding down this rage again. He does not want to make a scene. Um, I will end my turn, though, but I still have him um, 
like up against the wall, I guess, with my two my two hands on the collar of his shirt or cloak or whatever he's wearing. Wait, are you holding him against the wall or over the railing? Oh, I, well, over if the there edge. was a railing, there might have been some intimidation factor there, but I can't read him, I guess. So I will. Yes, I will hold him up against the wall. So, so just funny. to clarify and just to clarify for listeners, too. What I'm not saying, uh, Ryan, is that you think he's innocent. I'm no, saying <laughs> you, you don't get anything. And so listeners, like when you do an insight check, it's not basically saying, um, like, is he right? Is he wrong? It's basically saying, do I have any additional insight into like, do I believe him? And can I tell for sure? And that's so I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying yes or no. He's innocent or guilty. I'm saying you, you don't get any additional. So, Ryan, you can still believe whatever you want. And Goran can still believe whatever he wants. He's just not getting any any additional information does that make sense oh absolutely um okay yeah great okay um Avon, it is now the turn of the person that you are struggling with and he is going uh he he pulls himself back up and he goes to for your knife uh sorry your your short sword again but as he goes to grab it he actually really tries to take the whip out of your hand and so like give me a strength contest Come on, Avon, let's go, man. <laughs> oh, here we go. What'd you get? A solid three. Ooh. Oh, a three. Okay. Wah, wah. I got a 13. Okay. And uh, so he grabs it and he, he actually spins oh. around and he, whoosh, he uses the whip and Goran, as you're standing there. Well, first I have to roll to see. Ooh. Goran, as you're holding Emery, you suddenly see a black cord of a whip wrap around Emery's neck from behind. And this guy pulls and you instantly see blood um, begin to appear on Emery's neck as this whip does land. It is will will do damage on Ooh, Emery's okay. neck. And blood and he goes ah! and he lets go of your hand that is holding him up and he starts grabbing in vain at this uh, whip. And then the guy tries to pull back. I'm going to need a strength check from you, Goran, which seems like a joke, but I'm going to need a strength contest with you because he's going to try to pull. Uh, is he Emery. from, is he like up wow. the stairs or down the stairs? He's on like the landing with you. Oh, so he's like right beside me. Maybe like 10 feet back. Yeah. I love picturing this, you know, Goran's just holding a guy and somebody whips him around a neck. <laughs> uh, seven or no, a 10. Dude, you, you're so lucky. I got a nat Come one. Yeah. <laughs> you just, yes. you, you just pull back so hard that the whip, the whip like really hurts the guy's hand as he, as he loses grip of it. <laughs> Not enough to do damage, but he goes, ow! <laughs> hey, ow! And I look at him with my snaggle tooth. <laughs> <laughs> you know like when kids, you know when kids get hurt unexpectedly and they, they hold that limb like really close to their chest at first? Like, <laughs> And they're still assessing whether or not it's painful. That's what he's doing right now. And, Just um, a little quiver, a little quiver of the lip. So that's his turn. Sean, we're back to you. You're up in the sky. Hey guys, it's Midroll Adam here again. I just want to take a second to talk to you guys about something pretty cool. Um, did you know that there's a way listeners can directly influence what happens in this show? Well, on our Patreon, members get a chance to vote once a month on some event that takes place somewhere in the scatter. And I made sure it's something that can or probably will impact our players relatively soon. So for example, last month's poll, and I'm just gonna read it right here. Early in season one, episode one, Ryan's character Goran was summoned to fill in for a fellow paladin who had to leave to take care of some emergency. What was that emergency? And then our members got to vote for one of four options, one being that the paladin had just caught the blue fever, a sickness that only affects paladins, uh, one, that there was a terrorist attack somewhere nearby, uh, three, that a high elf had fallen sick and he needed a miraculous healing, or option four was that a very dangerous criminal nicknamed the Clown had resurfaced had been spotted on a nearby skyland or a floating island and here's the cool thing one of those answers won by a landslide in the poll and that actually is going to have a direct impact on the world and the players after i got the results from that poll i went and made some changes to the world and that is going to affect our players sometime very soon and if that interests you you might be interested in this month's poll which is live right now and here's the question while Sean Degani and Istrabel are flying in the sky someone hiding nearby takes notice of them who is it the sequester a paladin of some 
some renowned rumored to have switched his holy oath more than once. Or sky pirates, ever watchful, ever vengeful, shrouded in the nearby clouds. Option C, the fall, the small but steadily growing cult whose belief is that the scatter is meant to return to the core one day. Or option four, a flock of invisible but highly intelligent birds that are known to migrate in the thousands, often undetected for weeks at a time. Wow, four extremely different answers, and each one I promise will have a very distinct impact on the world. So guys, if you wanna vote, I would love it if you guys went to our Patreon page, became members, so that you guys can have a direct impact on what happens in this world of the scatter. All right guys, that's it for me, back to the show. Tron, we're back to you. You're up in the sky. As soon as I scurry up beside Istrabel, I release my wild shape and I turn back into myself. By the way, DM, is my skin looking okay? <gasps> Holy <am> squirrel! <laughs> As, as you transform, <laughs> Istra notices you uh, and freaks out. You notice the ship instantly just like careen crazily as she instinctively pulls away. Um, I'm not going to make you roll dex a dexterity save because you were probably anticipating this. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to ask about my skin, but but that's the last thing on my mind right now. I just say, hold it right there, miss. You are not authorized to fly this thing. Please release the controls. Give them to me. Istrabel, please. As you say that, she raises her spare hand, because one's on the helm, or the joystick, we have yet to decide, and you find yourself looking at a prepared firebolt, and she says, she says, uh, um, she says, we have to find that Floatium. Yes, we do. Have you flown alone outside of Skyland gravity before? No, but if we go fast, we can probably find it before it gets to orbit. It's too late, miss. I can get us there, but you gotta trust me. This is the one who saved your brother, right? I want a. Sit down. I want a, pers a deception or a persuasion Ooh. check. You don't have to tell me what it is. In fact, I'm gonna take my headphones off uh, and nod in the camera when you're done rolling. But tell the tell the listeners what it is. Okay. I mean, I think I think Shran would like to give himself credit. Everyone nod if he's told everyone. Hello. Can anyone hear uh, me? Hello? Hello? We can hear you. Oh, whatever's the highest one, obviously. Guys, stop doing the podcast <laughs> without me. Hello? Everyone it's actually okay, running cool. way better. And that's how I feel about Adam. Oh, oh hey, same. Adam. <laughs> Would you, you want to know what I rolled? I want to know the number, but not what you rolled. Not, not the 12. stat. Okay? Come on. Curses! She lets go of the helm. The ship begins to tilt as she lets go of it and she backs up. Whoa, whoa, says, whoa, easy. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean that. And I grab, I grab, if I have time in my turn, DM, I grab it without trying to like push Istra right off. You know, I try to gently kind of grab the, the helm. And I say, easy, easy. And I, and I assume I can reasonably comfortably steady it out. Oh yeah, for sure. First thing I do is I open the glove compartment. I say, please sit down, Istra. And I check on Mozzie. Okay, she sits down. And Mozzie, your, your small stone covered in moss uh, is there. Say, it's all right, mate. Just quiet down. And I close the glove box and I, uh, I guess I start flying up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and you notice Istrabel immediately relax as you begin to go up. And she, she pauses and she says, judging by the holes in the, in our house, I think it went like that way. Uh-huh. And we're going to end your turn there. Okay, Avon, you're up. After my turn, I start thinking, hmm, did someone stab my leg? <laughs> maybe, maybe I should go down there and see what yeah. that's about. <laughs> I'm going to wrap and, it up. And I will specify, once you go back to your humanoid form, your wound does reappear. Okay. Okay, Avon. Avon having the whip stolen from him and hearing the crack and, and the whip going off, sees the hand still outraged where he was holding the whip. And I want to bring, bring down the sword right on the wrist to try and cut it, cleave it right off. Okay, mm. and something I should have mentioned roll, while you roll to attack, Futescent has now, uh, while all this is happening, he has bent down, he has looped his arms underneath Beethoven's uh, armpits, and he is dragging him towards the entrance of the house, trying to get mm. him out of harm's way. Uh, so that is a... Come on. 13. 13, nice. Okay, um, that hits, man. Yes. Roll damage. Five damage. Okay. As you bring the, the your short sword down on his wrist, you notice the usual spray of red, but you do notice something else. You do notice 
in your ears a as the body falls lifeless on the floor and it falls just a little more finitely than it did the first time mm. as it collapses and like in uh, like golden eye the body slowly disappears it doesn't actually disappear but i'm communicating to you he's dead he's dead okay yeah do you do anything else i pick up my whip <laughs> okay you pick up your whip uh goren and emery are 10 feet away from you uh beethoven and futescent are on your right being dragged towards the main entrance conroy is there as well um hold on did i skip conroy's turn no i rolled a death save like my last oh turn. that's right <laughs> Thank you. And of course, Conroy is bleeding out on the floor. Adorable bat features. His ears are quivering. Do you do anything else? Uh, Avon would like to go and uh, uh, do the same thing to Conroy as uh, Futessence is doing to Beethoven and drag drag him with me, with him, with, with Beethoven. Okay. As you start dragging him, um, you hear Futessence say, Greedy bastard, you ate all nine good berries. <laughs> You could have saved the <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, you guys are backing up and you get, I'll say, because you're carrying someone, even though he's like halfling size, you only get 15 feet in. You are just in the entrance of the building now. Mm. Conroy, you are being dragged before you get to roll. Sorry. Goran, while you're looking on, you see a rope fall down from the balcony above you and sliding down is this injured fighter. Um, oh, man. And he slides down. He's got burn marks on his face from the sacred flame that you had done earlier. And it seems like this guy too has come back um, from the dead in some way. This is the guy that you asked, is he undead? And now he's down on your floor and he pulls out uh, one last dagger and he rears it back and he throws it at Emery. So my, what's, whose turn is it? So it's this bad guy's turn. Well, is he really bad or is he misunderstood? We don't know. Come on now. You know, yeah, yeah, he could. There's maybe no he way I could like move him. <laughs> um, well, actually, I'll you're holding him. Please. I will. If you sacrifice your reaction, I will let you add two to Emery's AC. I will sacrifice mm. like myself. Like I gen like Gorn genuinely like just turns okay, his body. But I'll I'll still require your reaction to do it. Okay. So you lose your reaction for this turn, and. You just save Emery from getting hit by this dagger. You just nice. should move him out of the way. Okay. And um, yeah, so this dagger, and you move it aside. It does hit your armor, but it ding, bounces off. Uh, and this Oof. guy goes, yeah, Cassis. And now Conroy, make a death saving throw. Oh man, guys. I'm oh, and I should specify right a natural one is two failed saving throws. Which if Dan already got one, this could, this could be the end. This could kill him. It's over before it even for began for you. Down to the dice, baby. Hey! Oh! <laughs> you can't, you can't say that so flippantly, man. Ah, that was so over here. cool. Okay, and um, <laughs> but are you still with us? Yep. Okay. Ah, yes. Conroy is still with us. Goran, it is your turn. You are holding Emery in your hand. And how and far is this, this undead ninja or fighter? This this undead guy, he's kind of doing that NPC animation and when you're facing a bad guy in like a turn-based game. He's doing like the small like zigzag back and forth with his two like animation frames. And uh, he's like 15 feet away from you. 15? Um, okay, I look at Emery and just say, don't move as I throw him down against the wall. Uh, I'm going to oh, charge man. up He immediately to begins coughing. <laughs> okay. Oh, Goran on the move. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. And Are you going to go running. tackle him or? Yeah, like I'm just going to put my shoulder down and is he oh. facing a wall? Like I want to hit him into a wall. You will hit like the the side arch of the doorway. Perfect. Yo, crush this guy, Goran. Roll Come the on, hit. Man. So if this is just body weight, do I add strength or just the 20? Oh, strength for sure. I'm, I'm going to count this as like a hammer. You're freaking seven and a half feet tall. So then add my proficiency to it too? Sure. Crossfit this. Ooh, I only got an 11. 11? That does not hit. You oh. go to tackle, and he just scampers right past you. He does like uh, Superman. Oh, Superman! And he just, just scampers out of the way. And he looks at the camera and says, Man, it's crazy when NPCs kind of become like a main character because they just happen to roll so well. And oh. uh, <laughs> it is, uh, Sean, it is back to the top of the turn order. It is your turn. Is not Avon before me? Oh, no, you're right. Oh, okay, I messed that up. Avon, you're up. So Avon pulls Conroy into that, into the building. Okay. Has Futessen already done that with Beethoven? Because of turn order, you are kind of moving at the same time. At the same time? Okay. So I, I pull 
Conroy in. I look at Futess and I say, as soon as when I leave this, close the door and lock it. Unless I come back, don't open it. And I and I go outside. Mm. And he says, sure thing. Before you go, he grabs your wrist and he says, thank you, Avon. I'm going to raise it to 11 gold pieces. I look at her like, I'm just doing, just part of the job, sir. And, and, and I close the door behind me and I hopefully hear it lock. As, Don't as expect I, too much of a tip. As, as, I, <laughs> as I witness the juggernaut go running past this creature. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and I want to, uh, using the short sword, uh, just again, cut, like try to try to hit the major, hit a major artery. Okay. So you run back to this guy, but this is a, the guy that Goran is fighting. Uh-huh. And okay. Yeah. Land a hit or rolled a hit, I should say. 19. Oh, just misses. I'm kidding. That hits. Okay, roll damage. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Take it to him, Aven. Uh, this one only does four damage. Okay, this guy, he does die. As yes. you bring your sword down, as you come in with your other sword, and then you disappear, and then you come back for the next guy, and you hear another sword, as this guy falls down, and he also dies. Um, and now the place is truly quiet. As we break turn order with one last move, going to Shran. You're up in the sky. You are now 50 feet in the air. As you ascend, the ground is beginning to sprawl before you like a scroll. You see farmland behind the Futessan property line moving on in slightly different colors as they zoom out. And you're up and, and you're just beginning to get where it's colder. You're, you're not close to the clouds at all yet, but you are up there. Okay, so is Istra sitting beside me? Yeah. Okay, as we start to ascend, I reluctantly take off my sick leather jacket and I say, I'm sure you know this, but it gets cold up here. Put this on. Such a gentleman. And I just want to repeat before everyone thinks how romantic this is. She's a 60 year old girl audience. You guys are sick. What's wrong with you? (laughs) And so he hands over the cloak and she takes it and she puts it around her small frame. She says, yeah, I'm already starting to get a little bit of a chill. You probably already knew that. Don't worry about it. And, and I, she kind of gestures with like, similar to like a hitchhiking, like she just points like a little bit to the left with her thumb. And she says, the floating's that way. I promptly ignore her and I would like to discern for myself, DM, uh, using my navigator's tools proficiency, uh, where I think this floating has gone. I did watch it. Uh, I, think, I think in episode two, I did notice its trajectory. Uh-huh. So I would like to use that to educate my decision, my observing. Okay. Yes. Okay, you're going to roll for this. Are you proficient with survival? No. Okay. Well, what skill do you want to use for this? I'll do, I mean, I guess investigation, survival, perception, either one. Okay, well, we'll say perception, but you get to add in one D&D, the new playtest, you get to add your tool proficiency on top of this. So you're going to add your proficiency nice. and, your, and your dice, and you're going to add your tool proficiency as well. Okay, so my tool proficiency is just my proficiency then? So I add my proficiency twice? That's right. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Uh, ten, 14 DM. Ooh, ooh, 14? Ooh, ooh. You line yourself up with the clouds that are in the sky. You know that they've been sifting in the wind, but you, okay, well, judging from where we are, you have a pretty good idea and you reluctantly, you try to make it subtle so that Istra doesn't notice. You adjust the <laughs> helm a little bit to the left. <laughs> Uh, I I give it a pause and I say, "You're a natural at this, eh?" I just saw where it went. <laughs> Go. So I I am going that way. I, I don't say that to her, but I am I am going that way. Okay. And I say, "You let me know when I'm talking too much, there, DM." For for are we out of turn order? We're out of turn order. We're gonna kind of go back and forth between you and the rest of the guys. Okay. I say, Istra, yeah, like look, at a, after a certain point, the floating will find its own orbit and it will stop ascending. Unless it gets close enough to another skyland that it starts a new orbit, right? But if, if that thing is going, if it can go through a building, we're not catching up to it in a race. She says, well, that's why you need to speed up. Right. And I, and I increase the speed audibly. Ah. Hear that podium rev. On a scale of, okay, you, do, you definitely hear that. Until it sounds just like a motorcycle engine as it picks up speed. On a scale of one to ten, um... How fast are you going on this thing? <laughs> Seven. Okay, you gun it. She is, uh, Istrabel, her back immediately slams against the back of the seat because she's not used to this G-force. And, uh, and you just launch forward. The floatium behind you glows bright. 
and you're just shooting and I'm gonna say you are now a ludicrous 90 feet up in the air as you just continue to fly and an expert pilot like you is used to how the controls become looser when you're less when you're further away from a gravity source so your floating core is happier up here because it's not being repelled by the landmass below, but it means that you mm. just have to be more careful with your controls. But this is, you know, what you've been trained to do. And you are now flying forward, and I want you to give me a perception check with advantage because Ishabel is looking with you. Am I adding any, uh, pardon me, am I adding any navigator's tools or just a raw perception check? This will be raw perception because you're just looking right now. Okay. 22. Okay, you feel the wind rushing past you. There's no windshield on this, but you have, you're have you used to squinting. You're looking through. Istrabel is half covering her face and trying to block the wind. And you think you see maybe another 40 feet up, just like when you see like uh, a hawk in the sky, but you can barely see it because it's so bright because you're almost looking into the sun. You see something spinning up there just as it's slowing down in its trajectory, it seems to be finding its latitude that it is comfortable with. You think you see the green sky jet's abandoned piece of floatium, still moving quite fast, but within sight. We're gonna go down to the guys down oh, in the mansion. Man. You guys are- oh, so waiting for I that. love this, this world so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you guys are all down there, and Conroy, you're still unconscious, my friend. And oh my god, we are going to have you roll. Uh, well, first, you know what? We'll give everyone a chance. We'll stick relatively in turn order, unless someone wants to interrupt me. Uh, does anyone want to do anything? Did Strahd take his medicine or medic kit back with him? Oh, good question, Strahd. Did you leave your medicine kit? You know what? I, I probably booked it after Istra. So DM, I I'm I I trust your judicious. I wisdom. think you have left it there. It is sprawled out in a mess on the landing. So Avon and Gorin, you guys are stuck outside. You do see the medicine kit outside scattered on the dais. What do you guys do? Uh, I want to grab the medicine kit off the ground, like just scoop it all up, run back to the door, bang on the door, and I say, if you test and open the door, we need to save save them both. And mm. you hear a voice inside that says, how do I know it's really you? You told me you'd give me 11 gold. Oh, nice, nice. Ah. <laughs> and then and then you hear a voice, Gordon and Avon, you hear a voice behind you, and it's Emery, and it says, by the way, if you test it, that's freaking cheap. <laughs> and you can see Emery is just getting to his feet He's rubbing his neck There is blood on his hand As there is a shallow cut there And he walks up Don't you go making us like this guy DM <laughs> This uh, yeah, guy's DM. a dirt bag. Yeah before you get too far I'm, I'm walking towards Emery Okay and, uh, <laughs> and, and he immediately regrets saying anything He immediately regrets saying anything As he sees you coming towards him And he, he starts to back away as if he wants to run down the stairs um, I don't increase my speed. I just continue walking up to him and yeah, I, until I, until I get to him. Mm, let me, let me roll, uh, roll, uh, intimidation for me. Oh, Ooh, baby. 17. Oh, I rolled a 16. Ah, that sucks. He, he freezes as you, the seven and a half foot orc just like walks up to him and he just like basically just cowers beneath you even you hear nice. the door unlock and you are let inside and now I, because of this delay oh no conroy come on man oh <gasps> do i want to do this um, we love roll, you man i don't know I'm roll a roll a death saving throw for me oh maybe he'll come back come on uh, he doesn't sound. Wow, right. I hate this rule. I love it though. I know. Okay, Avon runs into the building. Futessen is there nursing Beethoven, and Avon, you come running down to Conroy's body, and Dan is Conroy. Okay, Avon, go ahead. Sorry. Can I, do, can I do a perception check to see which one of them looks worse? Well, Beethoven is con or is is stable. He's stable. Okay, then I yeah. yeah, then I go over to Conroy right away. So you come and you skid down to Conroy's small little bat-like body. This person that you barely know, but killed helped kill the person that was killing you, and you come skidding down. Wow. wow. Conroy or Dan is Conroy 
Has he bled out entirely, or is he still making death saving throws? He's still making death saving throws. Yes! <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay. Yes. oh, man! So he is still oh, breathing. Weight lifted. And uh, you better do something fast, <laughs> Avon. Avon will attempt to stabilize him using the, the medic pack that was left there. Okay. Do so I, are you proficient with medi- medicine tools? I am not proficient with medicine tool, but can I just roll a medicine save? Yeah, you can roll a medicine check. Yeah. Um, so roll a d20 and add your medicine per, uh, modifier. How does, this, how does this work if... if uh, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't be a critical fail. Don't say I kill this. Kill the first character. In the so it has to be a 10 or plus to save him, to stabilize him okay. uh, with one hit point. It's an 11. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Hold up, DM. Yeah. How does that make sense? He he could roll. He doesn't have proficiency. Oh, so it just doesn't add his proficiency to the roll. Yeah, he's just going to roll a medicine check. And it's just a flat 20 unless he has modifiers onto it, like his wisdom or whatever. And the medicine check, the medicine kit is what allows him to do that. So yeah. if I didn't have a medicine kit, I couldn't do that. Well, I, I would if I didn't have the medicine kit there, I'd be I'd be looking for like somebody's robe or something to tear to go and create like a makeshift bandage. But. Actually, you know what? That is a good point uh, because otherwise, why do you? What does the feet allow you to do that Oleg cannot do right now? I will look into it. My feet. Yep. My feet allows me. I believe to automatically succeed. Okay. If I have, if I have the kit. Great, listeners. I will fact check that between now and episode four. And if I'm wrong, then Connor is just dead. Okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. So you managed to stabilize and convert your eyes open, and oh, one moment man. you're out in daylight, and now you're in uh, an interior lit by torches and daylight as well, and you're looking up at the beautiful crystalline face of Avon, the dark elf. As he looks down on you and he leans in for a kiss. No, just kidding. He leans. And that's where the session is. <laughs> yeah. And that's where it ends. Your eyes open and you were there. Um, what, 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 what did I miss? So we've lost our ride. Uh, and uh, your orc friend is going to probably kill one of the noble families there. Uh, what? Let's get, let's get back in there. Futescent shouts, what? And he he goes to the door and he opens it to see Gorin. Gorin, what are you doing with Emery right now? Just pummeling this guy in the skull. You monster! Yeah, so after that, he would have said, uh, you need to come with me as he pulls out those handcuffs and he kind of gestures. like. So what, ha- what handcuffs out. are you talking about? If any of our viewers have listened to the prologues, they were the special the special handcuffs used specifically for magic users that they were not able to cast hand signs. Correct, DM? Yeah, they, they can use uh, yeah, semantic components to their spells, which is because there are three different components that you need for, for various spells. Verbal, semantic, which is like hand gestures, and then material components. And so most spells require some kind of semantic component. So if wizards can't use their hands because these handcuffs are on them, then most of their spells are rendered useless. So Goran gestures those to him as well. He reaches into his back pocket and pulls out the bounty sheet that has Emery's name written all over it. I keep those receipts, dog. And Emery says, no, listen, I'm home now. I'm not bothering anybody. It was all a misunderstanding. It doesn't matter says, listen, I'm not putting those on. I'm innocent. Understandable, but the crimes were still done. Listen, I'm happy to face a trial, but... I, and I mean, you will. If you just followed the first time, this could have been over and done with already. But now, we, please, we've had don't judges make any come more here. trouble. Listen, Gorin, buddy, the Nightgrounds have... We always get blamed for things in the law, and we've, we, we've been able to have judges and paladins come over and try us in the comfort of our home. Man, why don't you just then place me under house arrest? Stay? Then why didn't you stay? I came home. I didn't. I didn't feel safe. Then there were zombies attacking us in the prologue. Well, running doesn't make <laughs> you less guilty. Please don't make this harder than it needs to be. And he, he says, he says, okay, but I want you to shake Futessen's hand behind you right now, as as a vow that you're you're not going to hurt me. Do I? I kind of look over. Gordon <laughs> the moment over you look shoulder. back, he splits. He starts booking <laughs> it down the stairs. Every is uh, just okay. 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 It. I look around. Do I see that whip that was there? Nope. I uh, no. Even even has it. 
Are you f***ing kidding me? Like, no, we, we, we can't have those F-bombs, I can't do, I can't do <laughs> Sacred Flame. I'm going to burn this guy. Oh, man, um, that's so funny. Actually, screw it. I, I, I take off. I chase him. I catch this guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Cardio. you guys are basically running at the same time. This shrinky dink half elf, <laughs> this big towering orc, just like running down these stairs. And Emery starts going, Fetissant! Fetissant, help me! <laughs> and um, I'm going to say, roll a, uh, a roll for catching. I'm going to say, roll. What, what skill do you want to use to catch Emery? I mean, he's running and moving, so I would like to use athletics to kind of stable mm. myself and be able to. I Like, essentially, I want to run beside him and, like, grab him so that his feet, <laughs> his feet come off the ground. And okay. <laughs> he's a mobile. Okay. Yeah. I will not do a contest with you, but there is a DC you must meet, which is difficulty class. Okay. Come on, man. I get a 10. Oh, you, you go to grab the first time and he, oh, oh, he, he dekes you out and uh, he, he is almost at the, he's like almost at the, the, the flowery maze behind all the seating area where you actually could lose him if you don't get him. In okay. This next I try. try one more time. Okay. I, the DC has gone up slightly. That's okay. Cause I'm about to roll that 20. Critical fail. Okay, no. it's a it's a twelve now. Oh, you got him! Ah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. That would have been. I, I catch him away. and Doran shouts, "Enough!" As he lifts him up, and his feet aren't touching anymore. And uh, he actually, hold on, he is going to try to kick you in the leg. Here we go. Um, what's your AC? This guy. Um, is it better well, than I a three? I put my shield away, so it's 18. Is it so higher than a three? Oh, yeah. So he, oh, yeah. <laughs> he tries to kick you, and then you do hear a voice shout from the dais. It's Futescent. He's just come out, and he says, Goran, that's enough. We're back up in the skies. Oh. Thrawn, you are now 130 feet, 140 feet up in the sky. Your, wow. your floatium is just purring like a kitten. You are shooting through the sky. As you break through a couple low-hanging clouds, you see them part and curl behind you. And Istra says, we're getting closer. And you can see it. It is now maybe 200 feet ahead of you. It has stopped rising. It is now shooting forward. And you are slowly gaining on this Floatium crystal. Okay. I say, so have you ever handled this thing before? Floatium on me. So she goes, it's a family business. She's getting a little cold up here. Right, of course. Oh, man, what am I worried about? You know what you're doing. Right, listen, very carefully, I need you to go open up the compartment in the back with the blue label on it. There's some rope there. I need it. I need you to get it. When we catch up to this thing, we're going to have to rope it, and it's going to take me a few minutes to re to, to learn how to fly this thing with the two floatiums. I've done it before, but it takes a moment. Do you feel comfortable doing that? Uh, I think so. Right. First, of course, tie yourself to a lifeline. They've done that already. And, and she has. Right. All right. Okay. Another minute. Stay, stay sharp. Okay. Give me a... What skilled challenge do you want to do to, to approach this thing from a good angle? Is there... You know what? Nature. All right. You uh, roll. I just imagine that it is... I don't know if it's magical in... I'm sure it's magical in nature, but there is something... It is a part of nature, right? Yep. Proficiency plus intelligence. 17, DM. Okay, very good. Um, you are really, when you're thinking nature, you're really thinking about, like, the gusts of wind, like the different wind levels up here. And uh, you are okay. coasting it, avoiding it, dodging the buffets, using the clouds as gauges as, like, where the different air patches are, if that makes sense. And yep. after five minutes of just hauling it, you get to where this Floatium Crystal is just shooting at a just under the speed you are, and you come up so that you are within 15 feet of it, where, in, in relation to the crystal, where are you? You can be like above it, be, beside it, beneath it. I'd like to be 20 feet beside it on the left okay. of it. Okay. And I, I get a bit of a smirk, and I say, Istra, you ever driven this fast? She says, not that my parents know about. Do you want to rope this thing, or do you want to drive? She says, I want to wrench some floatium. Right. Do it to it. And I slowly... First of all, DM, I would like to check the horizon to make sure there's no traffic. Not that I expect there to be. Okay, perception check. This is going to... Oh, man. 
Heard me. Ten. Ten. Okay. You don't see anything. I I start approaching. Okay. And so this rope, let's just say there's like a massive net on it at the end of this rope. Is that kind of what you're envisioning? Yep. Okay. And she gets ready to throw it. And so you're just getting like above it, beside it. What are you thinking? I I actually want to go ahead of it and slowly start slowing. Like I'm still going fast, but I'm going to slow down so that it actually is slowly coming up on Istra's right. Ah, and then she can so like that drop the rope Hopefully she can just hold the net out and scoop it up. Okay. Um, you do that. And now she will have to roll to net this floatium. I do grab around her waist okay. to make sure, because when she touches this floatium, I'm sure I'm sure she's going to, I just want to be careful. Okay. Um, she, now that you're holding her by the waist of like her rope, she starts leaning forward so that if you were to let go, she would easily just fall off the ship. She oh is leaning goodness. on the edge and she has this large spool and she says, my dad never lets me do things like this. And she grabs it and she is going to roll. She throws the net and it goes incredibly short of the floatium. But in a moment, she she says, no. And Shron, give me a perception check. 14. You notice your floatium core instantly like turns off. As the floatium that is orbiting beside you just shoots towards you by 10 feet and lands perfectly in the net and it ties she looks at you and says i got it and then she realizes just a moment too late that your ship begins to fall and that's where we're going to end tonight's episode oh my god Hey, this is Adam, and I want to say thank you for listening to Down to the Dice. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to subscribe, leave a review in your podcast app, and tell a friend about the show, too. If you really want to support us, there's a link to our Patreon in the show notes where you can hear bonus episodes, including the prologue for all of our characters. Down to the Dice is brought to you by our editor, Francie, at Hello Francie Sound and Story. You can find him on Instagram for all your sound design and podcast editing needs. And fun fact, Francie is also the singer in our theme song, and if you like it, you should check out his band Hello Kelly. Speaking of music, our show's tunes are composed by our very own Jake Joseph, with some exceptions whose credits can be found in the show notes too. That's all from me. Thanks again for listening to Down to the Dice. Roll that outro music. We're gonna set it.